Today on ABC Devo, Snowball. Hello and welcome to ABC Devo, the podcast where we analyze every song by Devo alphabetically from a fourth dimension to a wiggly world. I'm John Engel. I'm Joe Maisel. I'm Pete the Retailer. And I'm Tom Taylor. And today we are discussing the song Snowball of 1980s Freedom of Choice. That's right. Originally titled right. Santa's Little Helper. <laughs> <laughs> Alternately titled Santos L. Helper. <laughs> I heard that they scrapped this song and then they introduced a new song called Snowball 2. Right. <laughs> yeah. uh, this is a, you know, down the middle, uh, uh, written by Mark and Gerald and sung by Mark and Gerald song. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure how the singing breakdown breaks down. I'm trying to think of that. Yeah. yeah I never think uh, about who's singing until yeah, somebody brings either. it up. I I vaguely remember um Devo performing this on uh yes. That was the day my daddy died. Hmm. Um that Devo performing this on uh American Bandstand. Hmm. Um and I didn't see this on, you know, from nineteen eighty when I'm like six years old, five, six years old. But I remember like a VH1 kind of compilation of like, you know, the best American bandstand performances. Devo performs it, and uh, they also do a little interview, and at what you know, and, and it's all like the future is now. We're human robots, <laughs> and Dick Clark at one point says, "Oh, it's going to be one of those interviews." <laughs> um, He's not having any of it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, which is to say, it is sort of like you know an interesting little time capsule where they're still kind of young enough to be uh, snotty. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. Also, that weird period of music where, like, hey, you guys have a huge hit with uh, Whip It. Why don't you do another song? Yeah. And then they're all like, whoa, 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 not that one. <laughs> Snowball on the on bandstand is really hard to picture for me. Like, yeah. I'm not sure. What are those kids yeah. doing? Again, what, are all, what are they doing while the song's playing? It's I, mean, I, I think they were dance. like kind of sitting around or wa- and watching, but I only really? remember Mark singing. And it's also possible that I've completely fabricated this memory. Hmm. Um, but, <laughs> now you tell us. <laughs> but that's what I remember, folks. I've never been able to find the footage, which does not bode well. But uh, <laughs> that is what I remember. Interesting. Does anybody remember Live at Five in sure. the yeah. New York area? Oh, I, we actually, I, I, on some Devo tape, I have their interview with Jack Cafferty. That's the one I'm thinking of. And he was <laughs> like, from the get go, he was just angry to be there talking to these goofy Devo guys. Like mm-hmm. Jack Cafferty was just so grumpy the entire time. And then they just kind of. And the whole shit the is they're like eating popcorn and throwing it <laughs> yeah. off their side. Pete, <laughs> I showed you this interview the first time you visited the Bay Area. The second time you visited the Bay Area. Right. I remember this. Yes, and I said, "What is that, Chuck Scarborough?" And you said, "No, that's Jack Cafferty." <laughs> Me, I know that's my difference between Scarborough. Yeah, and no, no, that's yes, that's what I'm saying. I said Jack, uh, Chuck Scarborough, oh, okay. and you said uh, Jack Cafferty. Yeah, I'm a I'm a '80s uh, newscaster enthusiast. <laughs> well, I mean, I saw the posters of Sue Simmons on your wall, but right. I didn't want to assume the Simmons if you're nasty, right? Um. So, snowball, so ball, snowball, 
Um, this, this is, is a metaphor. Uh, it is. <laughs> but it's specifically not a metaphor for cocaine, as is said in the very first sentence of the chapter about Snowball in the 33 and the third book. <laughs> Which I have. I spell that out I, Evie Nagy, who did a fine job um, dissecting this album. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, a, you know, but before we get on to uh, metaphors, I just want to throw this out there while I think of it. The last couple of songs we have uh, discussed and dissected were very, very much like loose, wild rock and roll songs, punk mm-hmm. rock songs, if you will, mm-hmm. where this is like the opposite end of that spectrum. It is a very deliberate, very controlled song. Yeah. 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 It's almost like packed very tightly, like some sort of ball, <laughs> like a of <laughs> No sort of dense material. Will it roll like, back down? Who can say? <laughs> we'll find out. Um, I think that yeah, this is like a, a full-on Devo robot song, right? Like yeah, well, it's it's very controlled in a different. Well, like like if you played you know, like last week we did Smart Patrol. If you played me that song, and then you played me this song, and you said this is from the next album that came out a year later, <laughs> I'd be like, what? Really? Yep. That is super weird. It is a world of there's a there's a lot of difference between those two albums. It's kind Granted, of amazing. it's kind of a cheat because even though that it came out on the album the year before, Smart Patrol was being tossed around for about four or at least four years before the album came out. Right, right. But still, your point is a valid one. Like it, it is quite a uh, a thing. It is quite a word that I cannot summon right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's like the, the first two contract. records. There we go. The first two records are kind of like, hey, we're Devo, we're those guys from Akron, and we've been coming up with songs, and now we're going to put them on, on vinyl, and and we got some in the back catalog, and, you know, they, they kind of put them together, and Eno and Bowie heard some good stuff for the first one, you know, that, that, that made them want to be, you know, produce the record, and then they tried to kind of recapture the magic with Duty Now, and I think it's great, but this one was a very, Freedom of Choice is a very distinct, like, okay, stop, reset, let's have a mission here. Mm-hmm. Also We're going to do this thing. We're reinventing ourselves. Yeah. And you can hear it. And it makes sense because they might have kind of, you know, run out of material sort of, if you know what I mean, like of the of their old Devo days. They kind of ran through of that stuff and, and did a really great job on those first two records. But here it's where they're I mean, they were some of them expressed displeasure with duty now. So there's that. Um, that would make them want to reinvent themselves, but there's also the okay. Now what? Now we're now who is Devo? You know, we're not. Uh, and a guy, I guess it's not a coincidence that it's also a new decade. You know, maybe mm-hmm. that had some influence. Uh, I was well. about to say, John, not only a new decade, but like an entirely new era, where yeah. suddenly, like you have things, you have things like Chain Fonda workout tapes. You have things like, um, oh, what you call like you know self help gurus. And, you know, you have the rising moral majority and you have, you know, the evangelical Christian movement Um, and you have like you just have this like spate of vapidity that is becoming mainstreamed. Uh, the spate of vapidity that has an agenda that is becoming mainstreamed as opposed to something mm-hmm. like, I don't know, Petticoat Junction, which is entirely vapid, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. basically about like, <laughs> hey, you're a bunch of hayseeds and girls in bikinis. Yahoo! <laughs> <laughs> it's fun vapid. Exactly. Yeah. 
Oh, really? It's vapid yeah. meant to entertain, not vapid meant to like coerce you into a train of thought. You're in on the vapidity. <laughs> You're down with yeah, the vapidity. You welcome it. Well, I I wonder too because one of the things that you know on the subject of this, you know, what year it was and the and the changing of the decade is they they made duty now in the in kind of the style that they had you know been playing music for a long time. And to great success, but then about the same time they put that album out, Gary Newman came out with Pleasure Principle, mm-hmm. and I kind of wondered. That's to me, I don't know. I mean, you get your obviously Kraftwerk and and a lot of the Krautrock of the '70s was a huge influence on Devo, but I kind of wonder if they didn't hear Cars uh, on the radio and go, "Oh man," especially Mother's Bot, and go, "Oh man, we should do something. We should start thinking this way because this sounds like something totally new." Yeah, because Newman the, uh, sounds so controlled too. That album is very like tight. What? Right. Do you know, mm-hmm. do you know the uh, timeline off the top of your head? Like how well, the, they came out the same year. Yeah, how influenced could they have been by it? Oh well, uh, uh, it came out in '79, so um, Pleasure Principle did. So it at least predates the release of Freedom of Choice. But I don't know. I mean, well, and even uh, um, seems... what's the other one? What's the one before that? Um, that I can't think of. The album, well, Gary Newman's album before uh, Pleasure Principle. Oh, um, yeah. Um, um, our Friends, no. Is that the name of the album? No. Make sure it. Um, it's not gray and red. No, they, they, I'm just looking at the, thinking of the cover. Um, I'm having to look it up. Hold on. Yeah, me, me too, because I know it's uh, Replicas. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the okay. same year. That's also 70, 79. So maybe that must have been early 79, so maybe that was more of an influence. Right. I just think of Pleasure Principle first when I think of Carrie Newman, but right. I mean, obviously for obvious reasons, because it was a big hit. But, but replicas is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's really good. Um, oh, replicas. Okay, yeah, that's not the. I was thinking of the one after. Just thinking of you know, you think of album covers. Trying to right. Of, right. Oh, this one's great too, though. Yeah. Um, and yeah, both of those. I mean, went to replicas, Pleasure Principle, and the one after at Telecon all went to number one in the UK. So it's entirely possible that that kind of clicked. That they they, they of course didn't really go that far in the U.S. But but uh, you know I'm sure they were aware of it. And down in the park is one of my favorite mm-hmm. Inman tracks. Man, I'm looking at this album. This album's great. I might have to listen to it. It's so good. It's um, later. You are in my vision is one of my favorites. Yeah. Anyway, this isn't uh, Gary Newman. <laughs> yes, it is Gary New. Yeah, I don't even know what we call it. Show. Gary Newman OP. <laughs> Newman OP. Um, we're talking about Snowball. Oh, there we go, Snowball. <laughs> Did you guys, um, you know, in in doing so, I discovered that I had a couple of different uh, versions of this. Oh yeah, me too. Um, including. Oh, yeah? Um, I was pleased to discover the instrumental rough mix. Mm. Oh, weird. Um, which is, uh, what is that on? Let's see. Instrument, oh, it's in, it's from that, uh, a compilation thing that I got from that Boogie Boys basement site, which recommend. Um, mm. yeah, it's a instrumental rough mix from the Forgotten Bits, which is a collection of just kind of forgotten bits, if you will. Um, and that's pretty neat because it sounds pr- pretty close to the final version, 
Um, you know, it sounds like a like a cassette dub of a cassette dub of the final version almost. Um, and but with no words, and it's pretty neat. And you realize you, you get to focus just on the the instrumentality of it all. How, oh. how tight it is! How tightly packed it is! Oh, by the way, uh, to clarify. It was season 23, episode 30 of American Bandstand, where Devo performed Snowball, showed the video Girl You Want, and Bernadette Peters performed Gee Wiz and Chico's Girl. Wow. Whoa. On uh, June 21st, 1980. Wow. How does, that line up, how does that line up with the release of The Jerk? <laughs> oh, interesting. Jerk is 79, ain't it? Yeah, it was 79. Well, so Bernadette Peters was the hot commodity, is what I'm saying. Yeah, right. she's, Maybe she was promoting yeah. heart beeps. Oh, oh, God. Well, any opportunity to mention heart beeps. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, that was, was that a little bit later. <laughs> what year is Pennies from Heaven? Uh, I want to say that's 80 or 81. I think it was 81. Mm. I think we should spend our time looking these things up. Nah. <laughs> Conjecture's more fun. So here we are. I'm Bernadette Peter. Yep, Speaking of heart beeps, there's a lot of beeps in the song Snowball. Well, That's or, true. Or beep. Electronic nice, nice beeps. Or, or, or beep. Robotic beeps. Um, all right, here's a little thing. Like I'm looking at the lyrics, and um, I always thought the first line was, my baby took a ball, not my baby took our love. Yeah. Mm. And mm. as a result, I always kind of felt that this is like, oh, this song is like a metaphor for the folly of man and also for the folly of love. And now I look at it and it's like, nope, not the folly of man at all. <laughs> all about love. failed relationships. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, yeah, there's no, uh, were you like relating it to Sisyphus or something? <laughs> Yeah, that, that was exactly what I was doing. Yeah. It was a Sisyphusian well, I mean, love is a Sisyphusian endeavor. Yeah. Man. And yeah, love without like anger the... isn't love at all. As Tom True, well man. Knows. Yeah. <laughs> Chickens. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it does sound like the, uh, the my baby of the lyrics is sort of, uh, you know, doing the Sisyphus thing, just trying over and over again to get this. But it's weird. Like, she's the one, like, shoving the ball up the hill. Like, she's trying to make this thing work or something she's putting in all the work but then by the end that doesn't work out and there's two tracks of snow and jesus there's left also, footprints or something there's also this weird okay. kind of like winsome uh quality about it that like or wistful quality about it i should say mm -hmm. where like you know the tracks are made to follow and that's what i'm going to do but it's sort of like you know that kind of like i'm not going to give up on this person who's left me but Make yeah. no mistake, everybody. She left me. <laughs> except, <laughs> except it seems to me like he, like Tom was saying, she's the one putting the work in. Yeah. So why is she the one that leaves? I, it seems Maybe as though she tries so hard he's the one saying. disinterested, and what he's going to do is go walking. That, it almost seems like the tracks are made to follow. It seems like an extra lyric that doesn't make sense to me. Well, it's like you should say, legs are made, that's what I'm going to do, because it seems to me like he's like, eh, she keeps making that love too big. Yeah. I'm gonna go now. <laughs> well, she's making it more of a thing. She's kind of rolling it up mm -hmm. the hill, making it more complicated, more massive, uh, larger, more intimidating, more ominous. Right. right. Um, so it's weird that he says he's gonna follow. 
to me. Well, that is sort of like because once it falls back down, right. he, he kind of realizes like, all right, well, now that it's broken, uh-huh. now that I can kind of see it as it at its essence, I can see the quality of what is there without, um, you know, without the kind of scary stuff all around it. And I want to fu- uh, that is what I want. Wait, or is this is it as simple as this is a don't know what she got till it's gone kind of thing? Oh, it's like, well, she kept doing it, she kept doing it, she kept doing it, and now that she's gone, I get it, and now my heart's broken, and I'm going to follow her. I don't know. It's a, it's a, it's more it's a slightly more it's not that complicated of a song. It's slightly more complicated than I thought it was until just now. It yeah. is. I always thought, yeah, like I'm. I, I always thought of the two tracks. My heart broke when my baby left two tracks behind. I always thought, oh, she's moved on, and there's like another guy with another snowball or something, oh. and <laughs> you know. But 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 now I'm thinking about it, it's like he's gonna follow. So there's two tracks in the snow, two tracks up that hill. Right. Like maybe he was finally getting involved and trying to make the thing work or something. But then why did that make make his heart break? Oh, I don't know. Uh, fun fact. Yeah. Um, in the uh, Joe Mazel having to name the songs on Freedom of Choice because he had an unlabeled <laughs> mixtape yeah. originally, uh, this was known as Two Tracks. Hmm. That makes a ton of sense. Oh, well, yeah. Um, I th- yeah, I think, yeah. Okay, never mind. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, I think the, the, the two tracks maybe are the Snowball and the Girl. That's what or I was thinking the, too. I was oh, thinking okay. it was just the two feet. Oh, so, maybe. Yeah, like well, one track is each foot. But are his he, following? He's going to follow her. So is he one of the sets of tracks? Well, not yet. Well, I mean, okay. if you're, I mean, so, uh, wait, so four tracks. <laughs> Eight that tracks. was what uh, the that was what oh no uh, that was what uh, hardcore Devo was recorded on. Go on. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I, I've never been a woodsman, but I have seen the movie Jeremiah Johnson many times. Mm-hmm. And I assume, you know, you never hear like, oh, that's deer track. It's always, that's deer tracks. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. it'd be like, you know, so there, there is two tracks that is. Right. Cause she's got, that, two you feet. know, it, yes. But on the other hand, two huh. tracks could be, that could be confusing because it was like, there are two deer tracks. Would that mean two deer or would that mean like, two, it, yeah. It's I think a, it would. deliberately ambiguous. Hmm. It could be a little, it could, cause it could mean multiple things. It could mean that she walked off with some other dude. Yeah. It could mean that she's rolling that snowball away. It could mean he's following her yeah, or it could just mm-hmm. mean she's got two feet and she's just walking away. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess all those things have credence and you can uh, just fill in whatever it is that you've experienced, I guess, yeah. or something. I don't know. Some kids were sledding nearby, and they left mm-hmm. another set of tracks. Well, then, maybe the, then there was the part where Jesus carried you. Right? Yeah. Um, Perhaps you can't forget about that. No. Perhaps it is a tribute to Hergé's Tintin in Tibet, or Tantan in Tibet, <laughs> um, <laughs> where Tintin tries to rescue his friend Chang from, uh, whatchamacallit, uh, the Blue Lotus mm-hmm. um, in the uh, Himalayas, and they stumble across the Yeti. Oh, there you mm-hmm. go. Oh, oh! This is a Yeti song, is what you're saying. That that is what I'm implying, and now the Yeti is also a missing link, much like Devo's fascination with evolution or de-evolution, mm. if you will. Mm. So, right. what it all comes down mm. to is uh, Captain Haddock like to drink, right? Mm-hmm. 
Sure. Um, yeah, I was going to say maybe he was dating a Tuscan Raider. And so, so. <laughs> <laughs> they do go single file. Right. Oh, so there wouldn't be two tracks. Well, unless two mm-hmm. tracks is one track. Yes. Oh, right. Um, well, I think that's all very clear now. That's uh, why his heart broke when he saw two tracks because you knew there were stormtroopers. Right. He's on a lot of oh, trouble. No. Right. His aunt and uncle were going to get it. Mm. Is that well, the back? better two oh. tracks and two shorts. Oh. That guy's oh. Two chains, did you say? I said two, uh, <laughs> two short. Oh, but two okay. chains would be you know, another reference I could have made. Sure. Um. Anyway, snowball. How do we like? Uh, how do we feel about snowball? We like snowball. How are you liking this snowball? Hey, for me, it's an A all the way. No, you know what? Heck, I'm in a generous mood. It's an A plus. I like this just as much as uh, sloppy. I like this just as much as smart patrol. I like this just as much as say a satisfaction. It is this like perfect cut that doesn't get a lot of attention, but I think it should. And it's also the exact opposite of the like super punk rock Devo that I love, but the exact opposite in a way that I think is perfection. Right. Yeah, it's a completely yeah. different type of... It's an entirely different type of flying altogether. Entirely but, different kind of flying. Um, it is... It's a great Devo song in a completely different way than, than like the ones you just said, like the last couple of ones that we've been talking about, where it's this, it's this other kind of, you know, precise, much like... The Beatles, where you would have you know songs that were amazing for different reasons, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And this, you would you know. Um, I don't, I don't. I'm 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 in the AA plus fence. Um, I think I'm gonna. Well, you know what? Let's in the spirit of generosity, I'll I'll give it the plus two. Huzzah! Oh yeah, I'm doing the same thing. This is an A plus. From day one, I love. Let's this leave song. it to Tom to bring it down. See my no. Uh, See my no. plus. See my A minus. I'll give it an A minus. I I honestly I, I I have the note. I think others like this more than I do. Um, but I agree with everything everybody's saying about it. It's well crafted. It's smart. It's uh makes you think. Uh, and it's uh it's legitimately Devo. Um, I just don't love it as much as you guys do, but I'm not going to keep it out of the A's because I'm not that kind of monster anymore. I, uh, I think um, I think other people like this more than I do could be the subtitle to the Tom Taylor autobiography. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or why do people like this? Don't they know I'm smart? <laughs> I, I had this weird thought earlier. It's like an idea to explore as far as how we describe certain songs or how we classify them. Mm-hmm. And this song, to me, is minor Devo. But that's not in any way to diminish yeah. it. Obviously, I just gave it an A+, so I love it. Yeah. But in the same way, after talking about Smart Patrol last week, or Satisfaction a couple weeks ago, um, it kind of hits that, okay, it's not exactly, you know, uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark or Jaws. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? It's more, I don't know. <laughs> now I'm having trouble thinking of the equivalent Spielberg <laughs> movie, Empire of the Sun, um, which I think is really great. Maybe some people don't. Anyway, um, minor songs are fine. There's sometimes there's a pocket for, sure. for that. You know, it's a short, to the point song. It's not overly complex. It's musically t- really tight. Not. It's like it, it's adventurous in a way, and not adventurous in another way. If you get what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, to me, it's like the quintessential, though. Like, maybe the quintessential minor Devo song, where it's just, like, mm-hmm. in and out, 
and perfect at the same time. You know, I don't know. It was just a thought that occurred to me about this idea where we say minor. Oh, it's the the killing is minor Kubrick or something like that. You know? <laughs> say things like that. It's like well, the killing's a perfect movie though. So yeah. <laughs> what do you say? I get what you mean though at the same time. So I don't know. It's just a just a thought that ran through my head. If you guys have anything to add to that, uh, welcome welcome that. It's or yeah. Not. I hesitate to call it minor, but it's definitely a different. I don't know. It's yeah, it's hard yeah. to put into words because it's like it's different. It's not doesn't have as much of what made Devo Devo, but it's also great in different ways. And so it is. It is not like, off message. Let, let me clarify. Right. I minor is not really my word for it. It's just kind of become this word that people use mm-hmm. for things that are really good, but not the the thing that you consider to be the best, you know, or or what's quintessential or whatever it may be, the essential thing. I'm not sure this is an essential Devo song, but I, like I, I, I always take uh, uh, not offense, but I always take issue with people calling them the Heinlein juveniles. When I think they're some of the best work that he's ever done. Oh right, right. Are you referring to like uh, Starship Troopers? Uh, Starship Troopers might be on the fence, but yeah, a lot of the a lot of the just kind of you know, kind of uh, smaller, more have kind space of space suit will travel. Yeah, stuff like that. Uh, yeah. uh, double I, star why... have space suit will travel. Uh, what's the uh, uh, the reason why I asked Family Robinson or no? What's the, that's that's the no no that's the Lost in Space. <laughs> no, but it's like Meet the Robinsons or something like that. I forgot what it's called, but mm. no, it's Meet George Jetson. Oh yeah. Yeah, I bought a copy of Starship Troopers at a book fair uh, last week that I attended with a friend of mine. Uh, you know, for about like fifty cents, and and uh, my buddy said to me like, "Oh yeah, Starship Troopers. I forgot what it's like to be twelve. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I don't currently own it, and I want it. Leave me alone, was my response. Yeah, that's one of those books I've, I've, I've been rebuying books that I, you know, like maybe sold years ago or whatever, just didn't have it around anymore. And I've been being like, okay, I want these on the shelf when Archer's old enough to grab books off of the shelf. Mm-hmm. And Starship Troopers is one of those, and, you know, there's a bunch of other ones. Um, but, um, yeah, like, there's nothing wrong with I like having those things on. I'm with you, Joe. I like having those things on my shelf. I might not even read it. Mm-hmm. Again, you know, but I like having those things on the shelf, even if, uh, you know, maybe they're in my past a little bit. I don't know. You know, there is this anyway. thing with uh, reading with me where, you know, when I was a teenager, uh, you know, when I was a preteen, when I was a teenager, well into my 20s, it wasn't just like, oh, I'm reading a book. It was like, I'm reading the entirety of, you know, Dashiell Hammett right now. Right. Right. And. As and, and it's this weird kind of like, it is this weird kind of thing where now it's sort of like as a result of like reading every you know Jim Thompson book in one set in one like fell swoop, I re- it, it all blends together like you mm, cannot yeah. tell me the difference between the plot of a swell looking dame and a hell of a woman. Um, <laughs> partially because it hardly the tells the difference of the title. Yeah. Um, but you can't tell the difference. I, like I can't tell the difference between the title uh, between the titles, but I can't tell you what happened in one versus what happened in the other. It's all this kind of like gray mass. A lot of this happens now because of you know the ability to binge shows. Where like, yeah, isn't that the season where X happens? Because there's no. There's no spacing with me. So as a result, it's sort of like everything I've read between, you know, the ages of 15 and like 25 
is all this big gray mush. And now that I'm older, I find it not harder to read. Like I have harder, I have more difficulty comprehending words, although that is an issue. Um, but like, yeah, I find reading on the train to be very distracting. I find reading, you know, like uh, when I'm sitting at home and just like, oh, I'll crack open a book. Like invariably, that's when I'm going to get phone calls. That's when like there'll be 500 other things I have to do. It is just this weird like, wow, I don't, you know, when I was reading maniacally, I don't remember anything from it. And now that uh, like and now that I can read, you know, now that my reading is more parsed, I don't have the time to actually do it. Wow. Yeah, I, I there's a lot of things that I want to revisit and then also at the same time there's a lot of things i feel like i'm like wasting time and i'm like wait but there's all these other things that i haven't read that mm-hmm. i want to read mm-hmm. i think i'm getting i'm reaching that age with both movies and books where i'm like uh, you know what? i'm fine with what came before i'm just gonna reread this book or i'm just gonna <laughs> watch this movie and i don't need to uh, i don't feel the need as much to consume a bunch of stuff or be a, some kind of completist Right. And consume a bunch of stuff I haven't already. So I'm like, you know, I really like watching these old movies, comfortable shoe movies, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, not necessarily that I mean like mindless entertainments either. There's like sometimes they're really, you know, artistically brilliant films. But I just like to revisit them and rethink. I think I think my brain is now shifted into a uh, reconsideration phase. Where I'd rather like, okay, now that I'm this age, I want to look back on this thing I love from this point of view, you know. So that's kind of where I'm at. But reading-wise, I just had this whole conversation with my friend earlier today about how hard it is to read these days. Like, it's really hard to find the time and get the yeah. concentration. And I, I was telling her how I just needed to not have a job anymore. It would really help a lot. You know, I'd probably get a lot of reading done if I didn't have to work. Yeah. I can tell you from uh, experience, <laughs> no, you won't. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I think I, I think I might. You, you will go through little spates where it's like, oh, my God, I read so much in these two weeks. But then the but then week three will happen and you and that'll be the end of that. Yeah. Well, it'd be nice to try it though. I'd like to give it the the old college try. <laughs> Read some books again. But yeah, need to make that happen. I, it's interesting how this really that's only the old college does try if you're an English major. Well, in college you have to read all that crap they make you read. That was a, also a hard time to read anything that you wanted to read. But anyway, unless you take a sci-fi class. <laughs> Clearly, this episode ended up exactly like we wanted it to. Where we're talking about reading, everybody's like, "Oh wow, what what more boring subject than hearing other people talk about so, how they read or don't read?" The Devo Book Corner. <laughs> so, speaking about middle-aged white men complaining about being able to read more, what does Spotify say? That's funny. You should ask. I got a car now. Um, it's the uh, when I when you make a radio station up of Snowball. The next song up is "Song for a Future Generation" by B fifty twos. Hey, hey, all right, B fifty twos. I mentioned the Enterprise. Like that that's been in there before. <laughs> yeah, many times. B fifty twos are have to be our number one. Yeah, like, it's up there. Band. Uh, I have no problem with it, but no, not at all. Like, I, I want to be surprised. You know, it's I'm not wrong, but it kind of. Sur- it, it, it's not wrong, but it kind of surprised me how often New Order showed up there. Hmm. Not that I have anything against New Order, not that I don't see the connection, but like, I, I see the connection, but it is not a connection I would have made just because of the kind of like social differences between people that I knew who swore by New Order and me, because I didn't know anybody else who swore by Devo. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. New Order's been kind of, it's been a while. I wonder, been, the, yeah. I wonder what the mm. algorithm is doing. I, I want to say that 
Yeah, maybe. They're not paying that uh, Modern Lovers money to get to uh, <laughs> Modern <laughs> Lovers. But you know they have like bottomless like pockets, the Modern Lovers. Yeah, of course. They're millionaires. They don't get it at all. Several times over. Jonathan Richmond just hires a guy to hold his money for him, like in a sack. <laughs> and he sings about it. <laughs> That's um, my money, man. <laughs> money, man. Um, he holds right. my money. His name is Stan. We graded it. We checked it out on Spotify, right? We're good with Snowball. Yep. Um, we got another, uh, another course, Summer of S. We're still in the S's for a while now. Uh, another S song coming up on uh, Thursday. We're also moving a little bit. This is interesting. We're moving one album into the future from here. So we did. We, we, this is a nice. We did four in a row, four S's in a row here, where each one was from the next album from the previous one. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll continue on Thursday here on ABC Depot. The moon is a harsh mistress. Timeline was right. <laughs>